Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. We are making our way to the end of the week. I'm excited for this week, and I have a a fun night away with my family and some other families for my kids' school. So that will be fun. We're leaving tomorrow right after work, heading on over there. But it's a drive away, so it's not crazy. Welcome to the show, everyone who's new here. Happy to have you here. Thank you for coming and joining for this hour of what we need to get back to, which is escapism. Um, that's the point of the show and things have been rough. So it's been up and down. That's the way things work in life, right? It's life. We're human beings, but I'm happy you guys are back here because we've got so much good stuff to chat about. Welcome. I see you in the chat. I love having your guys's, uh, interactions as we're chatting. So let's get into today's show. Um, first of all, I want to share that, um, my grandma, my grandma, Saptalea, is what I call her. She passed away yesterday at 97 years old. It's been a rough couple uh, days knowing that this was on its way and then, of course, having it happen um, in Israel. And she lived such a beautiful, long life. So I'm very happy about that. The unfortunate thing is because of the situation, my mom wasn't able to go to the actual funeral. So she was on FaceTime for the funeral, recorded it. We were able to watch it, too. Um but I had to mention that I speak about more about her and their and her story over on my Patreon. Um, and I also gave away my Bravo Con ticket in the giveaway yesterday. So I am so happy for Caitlin Wright. In case anyone missed it, we did announce a winner yesterday. Um, so join the Facebook group if you want to be part of some fun conversation in there, including <clears throat> some of the stories we're going to talk about today, which I can't wait. You guys, you know, it's a good day when my notes look like this, right? Like there's a lot to talk about. And so I jotted it all down. I'm like, which one should I talk about first and how should I get into it? But I feel like we'll just get through a bunch of different stories today, including let's start with Madonna. This is a real random side note because I don't talk about Madonna often, but we have to shout out Madonna because Madonna performed last night. She opened her, I think it's called the celebration tour. It's, um, she opened it in London at the O2 arena. It's called the celebration tour. And it's more than just a greatest hit show. She's got from what it, from what I was able to see, she looks incredible. Madonna is one of those people that you know, has confused us in the last couple of years. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but on social media, she's just looked a little bit off, right? Like when she has no makeup on and no eyebrows and lots of plastic surgery and like people have been concerned, I think a little bit that haven't seen her in her performance state. But now, oh my gosh, I watched a bunch of clips on TikTok and on um, Instagram and she looks phenomenal, phenomenal. She's singing. She's gorgeous. She has, she, you know, a great look. Her body looks rocking. She's moving her body. I mean, she is 
such a rock star. There's a reason why Madonna is Madonna. There's a reason why she is where she is after so many years. Oh, maybe she got filler dissolved. I don't know. I don't know the details, but I do know that she sang and she did amazing. And honestly, I saw a little clip of her playing Live to Tell. I don't know if you guys remember that song. Um, it was off, which it was off. Um, I don't want to say it wrong, but it was one of her top like albums, right? And we had the cassette player when I was growing up, and I'll never, ever forget this. I listened to Madonna nonstop, of course. I'm sure you guys did too. Vogue, all the things. But I'll never forget sitting in the back of my mom's Toyota 4Runner in the 90s. She had one of those forerunners that like the back trunk was, there was no seats. It wasn't a third row, but we would just like sit in the back trunk, which is so wrong. But there was a lot of things that went wrong back then. And we would go to Vegas a lot. We would drive back and forth to Vegas because my stepdad loved gambling and we would always get like hookups. And so I'll never forget driving to Vegas and it was evening. It was dusk and like the sun was going down behind all the mountain, like the beautiful desert area right outside of Vegas, like 30, 40 minutes away. And I remember sitting there and listening to Live to Tell. And that song forever will like hit me because of that moment. Yes, Madonna fan forever. Oh, Andrew's seeing her both nights in Houston. Lucky, lucky ducky. I want to go see her. So maybe I'll have to look into getting tickets. Um, she's just a rock star. We have to shout out Madonna for that minute. She for that moment. She is an icon. Lots of you guys have seen her in in concert and she is awesome. So that is so fun. I was glad to see that. You know, you never know at the beginning of a concert, you never know, like, is this going to be a fail? Is this going to be awkward, cringy? Do you remember? And I didn't see Shania Twain in concert, but a lot of people felt this way. This was like the ongoing conversation about Shania Twain when she just recently went on tour, that it was just really awkward and she wasn't singing um, a lot of her songs and she was doing a, like a lip sync and she was singing off. And so I'm just interested, you know, always when I hear about a big music star, music star, superstar, um, how they're going to be on, on stage. And it sounds like Madonna really kicked ass. That feels good. I like that. Madonna is my childhood. So I will always love that. Okay. You guys, let's get into, um, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills really fast. I watched Real Housewives of Beverly Hills first seven minutes last night. Anyone can see it. It's all over the place. I watched it on someone's Instagram account. I think Bravo by Gaze. I can't remember, but I watched the first seven minutes. Now I will also tell you that I am very tired <laughs> these days. I'm not sleeping very well, obviously very emotionally drained. I had just found out about my grandmother and I was laying on my couch in my office right over, right over there. And I was just kind of scrolling my phone, just kind of trying to I don't even know. I love how I'm like, I'm trying to escape by scrolling my phone and yet I'm on social media, which is like the opposite of escapism these days. But I was going through everything and someone posted the seven minutes. So I will give the caveat that I was real tired. I was low energy and real tired. But you guys, the first seven minutes of Real Houses of Beverly Hills legitimately put me to sleep. Like I had to put my phone down and close my eyes. Seven minutes. If this is truly the first seven minutes of the new episode, I'm concerned. Now, we always know the first episode of these seasons and whatever. Sometimes they're a little bit low energy and they just kind of, it takes a second to ramp up. But yes, okay, you guys totally agree. Debbie says, I thought those seven minutes felt like an hour. It was so boring. 
And I'm like, we have, you know, we're all waiting with bated breath for the next season of Beverly Hills. And this is how we're starting. I wonder when they filmed this. I don't know if they filmed this back in, like, I think it was maybe March or something. But basically what happens in these seven minutes is that Dorito, Doreen, who has very dark, not very dark, but like dark hair. She's no longer blonde. She and PK are inviting over a woman who's going to be hosting some sort of healing, healing, as as Whitney would say, a healing retreat with, um, with uh, all the women. Right. And it was, you guys all feel the same way. This is so funny. Um, and her name is Eagle Woman. This is no, this is, this feels like episode three midway. I cannot believe that this is the opening of this show. I feel like we're missing something. Eagle Woman and, and her assistant or her partner or who someone else comes over to Dorit's house. And they have this conversation about how we can put on this retreat because we have a lot of healing to do. And I'm like, Huh? What? So then the next scene is they've put on this retreat at someone's house. I don't know exactly where they are in Malibu. And of course, it's like chic. It's so chic because it's Dorit's retreat. And everyone comes on over and um, is saying hi to everyone. And it's just like this really strange kind of pretending like everything's okay. And then Erica comes in and it's this weird breaking of the fourth wall where Erica said, which by the way, do you realize this? Every single um, housewife show has broken the fourth wall in the last few episodes, right? Cy broke the fourth wall in Real Houses in New York. By the way, to in case you don't remember or don't know what breaking the fourth wall means, it means like when we're talking about the fact that we're on a show, on the show. Because in the first few seasons of Roni and all these reality shows, they would never say we are on a reality show because they want us to feel like we're watching real life. But the truth is so much of the drama and so much of the issues come because of the show, because they're taping a live show, because the, I mean, taping a reality show, because of the fame that comes with the reality show, because of who's following who and who said what in the confessionals. So it would be silly not to bring up this you know, this idea that they're on a show, it's a, it's like a, a character on the show is the show itself. So Erica says, I'm a little, you know, hesitant to come into this group. I've lost my friend. And what they mean by that is Lisa Rinna. And it clicks on over to a piece of paper, an email that Lisa Rinna wrote in September, I believe, sending it to the rest of like NBC Universal. And she says, I will no longer be renewing my contract. I will no longer be on Real House as a Beverly Hills. Um, thank you for a great eight years, Lisa. What? We're now seeing like, I thought it was so interesting that they shot, they they showed us the letter of her cutting, like canceling her contract to NBC Universal to explain why Lisa Rinna wasn't there. Now we heard on Andy Cohen's book, Daddy Diaries, we heard that Lisa like quit the show and then decided she wanted to come back to the show, but then she quit again or, but then he didn't let her back on, but they did not give her that edit. That's nice of them. They basically said that she quit the show and that was that. Erica comes in and she is so skinny. Now, if you go back to how Erica looked in the finale of last season to where she looks at the first episode of this season, it is literally like half her body. She looks tiny. And no one is scared to say that, right? I love this. You guys want to talk about hypocrisy. Kyle Richards was so angry at the world for talking about how skinny she was, right? She was so angry at the world for talking about her body. 
And yet, the first thing she says to Erica when she walks into the room is, okay, incredible shrinking woman. You are so skinny. Wow, you're so skinny. And I just always find that a little bit hypocritical. If you don't want people to talk about your weight, then maybe don't talk about people's weight, right? I don't know. Just saying. Um, so, so Kyle and everyone's mentioning, oh my gosh, you're so skinny. You're so skinny. And Erica goes hormones, you know, in her deep, her like nasally hormones. And then Dorico's hormones. And then that's where the seven minutes cuts off. Okay. Right now it's October 19th. The show will air on October 25th, six days from today. So next Wednesday. Obviously, we're going to be watching. Obviously, we're interested, but my guess is it's not going to give us anything good because the first seven minutes are about Eagle Woman and the healing retreat, the Helling retreat. I do not want to watch a show about a healing retreat anymore. I am so sick of the sound baths. I am so sick. Every single one of these shows, sound baths, um, walking on coals, shamans in in Mexico with with uh, the Real Houses of OC. Every single one of them. Can we do something other than a healing retreat? How about like go on a, a hike and talk? Or how about, you know, we see that too, actually. How about maybe, I don't know. Isn't there a better thing that they can do? I guess this these kinds of situations are a way for them to all really, um, I don't know, connect or open up about what they're feeling and how can we move forward and how can we move past all this? My guess also is like from seeing pictures and videos of them all in Vegas, which I know they go to Vegas soon. I don't remember exactly when it was. Like I'm confused on the shooting days. I have a feeling they all get along real well. I don't think there's major drama between the women this season. And I'm concerned that the drama is going to be more, more about Kyle and Mauricio and Dorit and PK, and then the other women kind of talking about the drama, if that makes sense, right? It's an interesting, um, interesting. Look, will I watch it with bells on? I mean, who says bells on? I, of course, I'll watch it. I will watch it happily with, with my Nutella in hand. But, you know. The weight obsession is so interesting because they are, and you guys are saying this also, they are so obsessed with weight on the Beverly Hills show, way more than they are in New York, way more than they are on any other housewives I've seen. Have you guys seen the Salt Lake City women talking about weight? I mean, the one thing we did see was when Mary was telling Monica, like, you eat a lot. She wasn't saying she was chubby, but she was like, you eat a lot. Which, By the way, we will get into some Monica drama in just a moment. Because, wow, oh, wow. So much drama between Monica and um, Angie and her mom last night on Twitter. Um, oh, okay. So there's there's some rumored drama between Kyle and Sutton. Well, there's always rumor drama between Kyle and Sutton. Kyle and Sutton do not like each other. And I know this pretty much for a fact because, because Teddy Mellencamp doesn't like Sutton. And so that's my, that's my, um, and this is just from what she shows on her show, not nothing I've talked to her about, but I also feel like Teddy tends to side with Kyle. So if Kyle likes someone, I think Teddy will like them vice versa. Don't you guys kind of agree? Um, Beverly Hills definitely talks very openly about weight. Maybe that's an LA thing. I mean, 
it is a very big weight obsessed city that we live in. So who knows? Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Okay. Let's get into a Britney Spears story really fast. And we're not going to spend too much time about it, but I, I think it's a very interesting, um, story. Did you pre-order Britney Spears book? I did this morning on audible. I did have two credits. If anyone wants to tell me what I should buy with a second credit, I love books. I love listening to books. I really love listening to celebrity memoirs, but I cannot bring myself to buy Jada's <laughs> like in fact, I really, I almost like said, Audible, do not show me this as an option. Um, so Britney Spears, they're dropping seeds, right? They're dropping seeds, which they don't need to do. I, in fact, wish they stopped dropping seeds because I want to be surprised. I want to hear everything for the first time. But this is the way it works when you're trying to get pre-orders and you're trying to grow your, your sales before the book gets released as they drop seeds. And Britney, think about this, you guys. Britney is going to have one of the biggest selling books probably ever without making one appearance on any talk show. Like Britney has not had any sit downs with any like Today Show, Good Morning America, nothing. Maybe she will, but I can't imagine that. And so many people are buying it. So it's so crazy. But that's because this is so, you know, interesting. It's so, so like scandalous. We grew up kind of watching the the downfall and then the upswing and then the downfall. And now like we're all dying to know what's going on. So a couple other things that have come out. Remember yesterday we talked about Britney and Justin or two days ago, how Justin got Britney pregnant and she had to have an abortion because he did not want the baby. Um, lots of back and forth about this is not fair to put throw him under the bus, you know, 20 years later. And I do agree with that to an extent. Um, that being said, it's still part of her story. It's not necessarily that she's throwing him under the bus, but that whole breakup, we did not know the details. So a lot of people really want to know, you know, what really went down between them. Um, and what's crazy is like, I was so team Justin after the breakup, but she does say that she cheated on him. She officially says that she cheated on him with the choreographer, Wade Robson. Wade Robson is a really good looking guy. I think, yeah, I think is a really good looking face. But if you go back to pictures of how he looked when she cheated on him, I saw something on page six's Instagram today. I almost fell over. I'm like the fact that this was actually considered cute or hot at this time. Like it's shocking to me because the way he looked, you guys, his, his tips on his hair, look at Wade Robson back then. Can you imagine, can you imagine going to your, to your, um, your hairdresser and being like, okay, so, so just take tips and just dip, but don't go to the root and just like stop right there. And then I'm going, what I'm going to do is I'm going to spike it up like Beetlejuice. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, this is a crazy picture. Look at Britney's outfit. Remember we used to always wear dresses over jeans. That was like a thing. So early two thousands. It's crazy. I love it. I love it. So meanwhile, we've heard some other things that Justin Timberlake broke up with Britney over a text message. Ouch. Ouch. Um, and she was absolutely heartbroken. She says she was comatose. Very, very sad about that. Yes, Wade Robson was one of the Michael Jackson accusers. Someone is asking. That is true, which is a really sad story. I remember watching this whole documentary series a few years ago, I think 2019 or 18. I can't remember exactly which one it was, but it was it was like interviewing a lot of the accusers. Awful, like heart wrenching, awful. Um, 
But yeah, lots of back and forth about all these people. They were young, you guys. They were young. So am I going to kill Justin Timberlake because he because he forced her to have an abortion? Absolutely not. That's not a reason to hate someone. Um, because I think they both did things to each other clearly. But Justin Timberlake. Lots of stuff coming out about that JT, you guys. And I think, and I've decided with my Patreon community, I'm doing a deep dive on Justin Timberlake. So I'm going to start doing some, some, you know, Reddit research in the forums, in the, in the deep dives. I mean, this is what I, so if you guys have any good stuff, send it over to me. One thing I found yesterday was how Britney, how Justin Timberlake, and I, I posted it in the Facebook group in 2010 on Us Magazine or Us Weekly. I think it used to be called Us Magazine. Did I just make that up? Now it's called Us Weekly, but I swear it used to be called Us Magazine. Um, there was an article how he cheated on Jessica Biel with, um, he cheated on Jessica Biel with, someone help me. I put it in the Facebook group yesterday. As you can tell, I'm really um, not tired at all. Hold on. I'm going to find it for you guys really fast. He cheated with, well, we'll find it at some point. You guys are very active in the Facebook group because there's so many new posts since I posted it last night. So here, Olivia Munn. Thank you, Olivia Munn. And then I follow a talk of shame, Kiki. If you guys don't follow her on Instagram, I'm obsessed with her. She posted all about how there was rumors that he's cheated on Britney. He cheated on Britney Spears with other people. And it looks, this is so funny. And it looks like it was Jenna Dewan. And Britney Spears talks about how he cheated on her with someone, but he, she doesn't want to name her now because she has a family. And, you know, doesn't want to go there. So no one was perfect. Everyone makes mistakes. It's like, it's like, you know, the Vanderpump rules, kids cheating on each other. It's all the way it is um, back then. But Justin Timberlake has some skeletons in the closet. Now I've heard from multiple people. There's a lot of stories about him being not the best guy. So that makes me really sad because I really, really like him as a performer and as a singer and as a hot face. But if you're a shitty person, <clears throat> I guess it comes back to bite you in the, <clears throat> excuse me, but another thing Brittany leaked or Brittany's book leaked is that she took Adderall in the mid 2000s. Um, that was her drug of choice. Do you know how many people I know who not necessarily anymore? Number one, I've never taken an Adderall. I am too high strung and highly energetic anyway. But there's so many people that I know that were heavily taking Adderall, like in the college years. So this is, I guess it's not really shocking to know that she was taking Adderall. Um, I think it's a very common thing with a lot of performers. Number one, apparently it keeps you very skinny and it keeps you very active and keeps you going, going, going. If you're working a lot and you have to, you know, keep going and stay awake or whatever, I don't know. I, I feel like if I took Adderall, I would be bouncing off the goddamn walls. I thought one of those canned drinks, you know, with two milligrams of THC took me down. Oh, this would be like a whole different beast. It would be a whole different beast. So I'll stay away from that. But I can't wait to listen to the book. Now, you guys, does Brittany read this book? I'm worried that I'm not going to like the audio version. Because normally you can hear a sample before you buy something, but I pre-ordered it. 
But you remember Jessica Simpson's book that I thought was beautiful and so well-written? I had to listen to her on 1.5 because she speaks very slowly. I'm worried that Brittany's voice is going to be a little bit hard to listen to. So I'm very, very interested. I, I, I'm, I'm very curious. Yes, Storm says on Jeff Lewis Live that we're talking about all the Disney characters taking Adderall. Um, I heard that this morning. I was laughing so hard. Today was a great Jeff Lewis episode with Megan and Doug. It's always funny with them. And it's, oh, that's right. Thank you guys so much. So anyway, they were talking about Adderall and how a lot of the Disney stars take it, which keeps them going because it's a lot long day. Michelle Williams is reading the Britney Spears audiobook. I read that and I forgot. You guys, now I am 100% in. I mean, Michelle Williams, what an incredible legend to get to read your book. I love Michelle Williams. Dawson's Creek forever, right? What is going on with all the Dawson's Creeks? Pacey, Jonathan Jackson is getting divorced and he's like already starting to kind of like hang out with other women. Um, Katie Holmes is off. Isn't it crazy that Katie Holmes is Jamie Foxx for so many years? Like I'm dying to know what's going on there. And then of course, James Vanderbeek has 46 kids. So excited for Michelle Williams reading that. Okay, we're going to have to read that together. It comes out next Tuesday. The 24th is Brittany. The 25th is Real Houses of Beverly Hills. It's a very exciting time in this world, in the Daily Dose of Donna universe. Um, all right, let's move on uh, with a couple other things. I'm looking at the time. Let's talk about... Let's talk about the drama on uh, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Oh, guys. If you watch the show, let me know. Um, I think you should. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, to me, is one of the best out there right now. I think it's a really good cast, but Monica, the new girl is very, very, uh, she, she really kind of fits in perfectly because she almost takes the qualities of Jen Shaw, which if you guys remember, Jen Shaw was incredibly, um, she was a loose cannon, right? We know this. she would get pissed off and just like go off on people. I think Monica is similar to that. Now, apparently, there's a lot that we didn't see in this episode. And Monica posts yesterday or two days ago on Twitter, I can't remember. First of all, number one, who knew that X slash Twitter was going to be the place to be to find out what's going on with all these housewives? So Angie, what's her last name? Katzenevas. Angie Katzenevas started to post like crazy the other day. She only has 3,000 followers on Twitter. So I don't know if she feels like it's like a safer place to post, but she started to post all these things about, um, about like while she was watching the show, she was like, thank you, Father George. Like she's like literally live tweeting. And then she gets, she said, um, there was never any rumors. She's talking badly about Nicole, uh, Monica saying, let's start with the fact that you lied about my husband. Last week, she heard it from Meredith. This week, she did not hear it from Meredith. This is about her appearance on Watch What Happens Live. And then she um, she reposted things that no one will ever want Monica back on the show. Angie then says, to be clear, I said my husband, a male hairdresser, was stereotyped 30 years ago. The rumors coming out of Monica's mouth have never existed. And even Whitney posted on Twitter saying, please don't include us in this mess. I've never heard of any of these. Um, I'm in the streets of Salt Lake City, and I've never heard this rumor or talked about it ever in terms of Angie's husband having this gay rumor. Okay, so this was what the big drama was about when Angie and Monica sat down at the Greek Easter to talk about what's going on. So 
in this moment, um, you know, I guess a lot of people kind of went after Monica for acting a little bit wild in this moment. I have to say, I'm really struggling. This is very 50-50. Monica was, was um, I want to say the word confronted, but it didn't feel like I'm confronting you. It was more just she was asked to con- to have a conversation by Angie, who stayed and remained incredibly calm throughout that conversation, right? We can admit, and I'm not a huge Angie fan at all, but we can admit that Angie stayed very calm. She said, I want to talk to you about this rumor. Monica reacted really hot right off the top, right? She She reacted really hot right off the top. Now, Monica's mom, my opinion, a lot of you guys don't agree, but Monica's mom, who is definitely a little cuckoo, we can tell, we've seen this already in a few different episodes, has come to calm it down. She sits down with Angie. She sits down with Monica in a very calm way. And she's like, you guys are both beautiful women. I believe that we can mend this. Let's try to just make this better. We don't need to fight about this. By the way, that's what my mom would do. I don't know about you guys, but everyone seems to think that she immediately took Angie's side. I didn't feel that at all. I felt she was trying to pacify the situation. And in this moment, Monica did not, was not down for it, right? She got really offended. She got really defensive. She got really pissed at her mom and it kept heightening everything. So if I were Monica's mom at this point, I would just say, hands are clean. I'm I'm walking away because Monica's mom should have known in this moment that Monica is a hothead and Monica has reacted this way to Monica's mom. I love how I keep saying Monica and Monica's mom. Her name is Linda. Monica has reacted to Linda in this way so many times before. So if I were Linda, I would have said, okay, I'm stepping away from this. I don't want to get involved in this mess. I've seen my daughter when she gets like activated, right? This is a good activated use of the word activated. I've seen my daughter when she gets triggered and activated and I will just step away because anything I say right now will not calm her down. And I do believe that Monica's mom Linda kept inserting herself to try to fix it, but it kept triggering and activating Monica more. But as a mother myself and as a daughter myself, I thought Monica looked real bad. Now, Monica starts going all over um, all over Twitter last night and she goes nuts. And you guys are probably seeing this on... Um, on uh, maybe your, um, you know, if you follow different Bravo creators, because it's everywhere. She started posting all these pictures of all these bruises on her arms and legs. Okay. And she basically says, Angie, you are a liar. Just like you lied about meeting me once. You bo- you and I both know the kids were in the basement. You sick P.O.S. Go get your house up to code. I'm sending you my ER bill after falling down the basement stairs. You didn't have a railing. Okay, you guys, this is crazy. So basically what's happening here is that Monica apparently went downstairs to the, she had that conversation with Angie. No kids were around. She thought it was editors doing her dirty by filming the kids, but no kids were around. She said she walked down the basement to get her kids. There weren't, there wasn't a railing on the basement stairs. I'd like to see proof of this, but I'm imagining it's probably true. And she went tumbling down. She literally looks so incredibly bruised up all over the place. Then she says, she continues to go off. She's calling her F-U-C-K-B-I-T-C-H. Like she's going off on Angie. And then she says, 
Um, I guess Angie said that you, that production was being nice to you. You basically almost hit my niece with your shoes that you threw. And Monica goes, almost hit your niece. You are the biggest freaking asshole. You know damn well what happened. I left your house with bumps, bloody and bruised. I should sue your ass for not having your your home to code U-F-U-C-K. Then she's talking about more head injuries that she had. You are sick. And that everyone called her when she was in the emergency room except Angie and and um, Lisa. And she also says that her conversation with her mom on the couch that we see at the end of the episode when she's sitting there and she's just looking really upset happened after this fall. So confused. Like, I want to see it all play out. So if this is true, if Monica's side of the street is, is true, she has this, all the kids go down to the basement to play with the Easter bunny. Okay. To do like Easter related activities. She's upstairs still. She has this conversation with Angie in front of her mom and a few other adults. Mom tries to get involved. It heightens. It gets worse. It gets worse. And she goes, that's it. You know, I'm done with you or whatever. Then, according to Monica, at that point, she decided to go downstairs to get her kids, probably very upset, tumbles down the stairs, totally injures herself, comes back up, and then sits on the corner on the couch while they're doing all the money and the throwing while everyone's dancing. That's Monica's side of the story. Then she gets mad at her mom and decides to leave and leaves without her mom, apparently to go to the ER. I don't know. Then... But the other side of the story, what we saw on the show was that they got into this argument. Monica got really upset and then went off to the corner. Then the kids did the dancing. And then Monica said, I'm leaving. I'm leaving without you, mom. And then pulled her kids without them doing an Easter egg hunt. Obviously, the first side of the story or the first um, version of the story where she falls down the stairs and doesn't remove her kids from the Easter egg hunt, et cetera, that's going to obviously better be better for Monica. And I do believe she did fall down the stairs. I mean, we see proof. But clearly, there's so much weird stuff going on because then Monica's mom decides to get involved, okay? So Monica's mom decides to say, on Twitter, this is the best. She only has 175 followers and her Twitter name is LD Millionaire. Okay. LD Millionaire. And she basically tweeted, Monica begged me to do this reality show with her. Begged. I didn't want to do it. She told me all I had to do was cook and speak Portuguese. How did she return the favor? She did me dirty. Meanwhile, I would never compete with my only child unless it's sports. I'm too smart to try to go up against Monica. She'd chew me up and spit me out. Lastly, I never abandoned her. I always put her needs above my own, even in her adulthood. I'm not a perfect human, but I am a devoted mother and Vovo. God bless us, everyone. It's never easy to see a mother and a child's relationship play out on TV. And I was told by some sources that the next few episodes, when they do really play out this mother-daughter relationship, are really triggering for anyone out there that do that does have a mother and a daughter like bad relationship. And I mentioned on my Patreon yesterday that I love my mom dearly, but we've definitely butt heads. I think most daughter mothers have like triggering moments, but clearly they have such a toxic relationship. It's giving Farah from Teen Mom and her mother, Deborah. It's giving get the F off TV. 
But if this is actually true, and Monica did kind of coerce her mom to be in the show just so that she could kind of have a family member to be with, because Monica only has her daughters, right? She's a single woman. And she needed someone to kind of play off with in scenes, adults. And she said, like, all I need you to be is a mom. And then immediately started to basically make her mom seem like a really not present mom, awful mother, et cetera, et cetera. That sucks. It sucks for Linda Millionaire, right? It sucks for LD Millionaire. So I don't really know what's going on there, but it doesn't feel good. It's giving teen mom. It's giving Jason, I'm, I'm sorry, Janelle and um, Kifa. What's Janelle's mom's name? Now I, I need to remember. Barbara? It's giving Janelle and Barbara. It's giving Farah and Deborah. It's not giving good. That's what I can tell you. And I don't personally, like whenever I see situations like this, it immediately makes me not trust Monica because family first. And I don't personally believe that her mom is that bad that she deserves to get just like killed on these, on this reality show as a family member of a new housewife. I don't like it. Don't like it. It doesn't feel good to me. Kifa. It doesn't like, it doesn't feel good. So I don't know if you guys agree. A lot of you guys agree. Would you go on a reality show if you had a very, very bad relationship with your mother to air that for the world? If you would, you're not a good daughter, no matter what. I mean, unless your mother like seriously like abused you or was horrible to you, then you wouldn't even allow her in your home anymore. Then just cut off relationships. But to still have a relationship with her and to still ask her to help you with your kids and still ask you to be part of your life and going with her to visit your grandma, et cetera, and then to act like she's the worst human being. I'm sorry, as a mother myself, if my daughter, I don't have a daughter, but if my mother went on a reality show and and fought with me all over the place. And then in an interview said, I wish I didn't have the same. I wish my mom wasn't my mom. I would be fucking devastated no matter what. So her mom is still present. Her mom is still in her life. She's not like an abandoned like mother who left the country and like went off like so many of us have with our parents. I don't know. It doesn't feel good to me personally. So anyway, very good points. Lots of really good points. Who drags their mom on TV? That's yucky. I get that totally. Okay. And Anna says, okay, if she's been on the show for a long time and she and her mother talked about their relationship many times and she says she's unhappy, but to do this is so unfair. I totally agree. Okay. Let's get into the final story of the day. You guys top 10 reality stars by us weekly was just listed. And I want to know you guys, if you agree with this list, I find some of them for sure have to be there. But my favorite part of the list is that my favorite, one of my favorite reality stars of all time is on this list. I want to know who you guys think it is. So let's go through the list. The first one that they list is the breakout star, Ariana Maddox. Well, I think no one can deny that Ariana Maddox had the best, most incredible reality year of her life. Think about Ariana in February versus Ariana in October in terms of what happened to her life. Yes, her relationship of 10 years fell apart. Yes, she was heartbroken and she lost her, uh, one of her good friends. Yes, she was humiliated, et cetera. 
but look at her life, right? She's now a big, you know, reality TV star. She's on Dancing with the Stars. She's gotten acting roles. She's on every single commercial known to man. She's got so many sponsorships. Like this girl's good. She's got a sandwich shop, breakout star, number one. The next one, I don't think they listed them, by the way, number one through 10. They just give them names. The next one is The Spitfire. I'm interested if you guys agree with this. Who is Chriselle Staus? Is that how you say her last name? Staus? Staus. I think it's Staus. Chriselle is, of course, from Selling um, Selling Sunset, and they give her the the title The Spitfire because they say that she has found herself at the center of dramas that increasingly blur the lines between her work and personal life. She was ori- originally concerned about looking like a fool, but now she's confident. She's happily coupled up with G Flip, and she won't back down from a fight as evidenced by her trading barbs with her new castmate, Nicole Young. And um, yeah, she's just living it out. The next one, the third one, is Kyle Richards, who they call the original. And it says the last original Beverly Hills housewife still standing. She's been through a lot. But of course, this year she's had her big drama with uh, Mauricio and Morgan Wade. And we'll have to see that play out. So all three of them, you know, so far, Ariana for sure should be on that list. And so should Kyle Richards. Chriselle, to me, does not really, like out of 10, we're picking 10 reality stars of all of the reality stars. And Chriselle's on there is a little bit confusing to me. The fourth one is... Jenna Lyons. I do agree with this. Jenna Lyons, but they call her the gate crasher. Jenna Lyons from Roni, obviously. I'm confused by the gate crasher name, but it basically says that Real Housewives of New York was recast and um, Jenna Lyons was cast with her undeniable star power um, because she's such a, you know, famous successful career woman. Now she's a certified reality star and a fan favorite thanks to her no-nonsense style and her ability to stay above the drama-filled fray. I don't know. Um, uh, I'm on the fence about, I mean, she definitely belongs on the, on the list. Jenna Lyons, definitely. Oh, they meant gay crasher, <laughs> Andrew says. I don't know. I, she's she's interesting. She's good. But like, I almost feel like maybe like Jessel should have been on that list over Jenna, in my opinion. I don't know. Jenna, Je, like if Jenna didn't come back next season, I think I would be okay. Just saying. I don't think she adds so much to the show. The next one is Sasha Colby. Now, I don't watch Ru- RuPaul's Drag Race, but she says, but it says known as your fav- favorite drag queen's favorite drag queen. That is a tongue twister. She's the change maker. It says that, um, She is, she doesn't take her success for granted, especially at a time when many states across the country are passing anti-trans and anti-drag legislation. Um, She is using this platform to be strong for all the children that are really scared about this. And she's working on music and a line of ponytail extensions and some more fun um, projects. So I agree. She's definitely, uh, she should be on that list because it sounds like she's doing a lot there. Okay. You guys ready for the next one. Now this one is an exciting one. Are you ready? Mr. I got to work out my pecs and my six pack abs. Cody Brown is on an us weekly list. Who would have thought that Cody Brown, Ariana Maddox and Kyle Richards were all going to be on the same damn list in any life. And they are on the same list. This is so exciting. Cody Brown, his list, he is listed as the anti-hero. I wish they would have listed him as the gaslighter, the culpable gaslighter, the narcissistic gaslighter. But basically it's talking about the fact that 18 seasons in, 
which is just crazy. He describes this, describes the state of the family as a civil war as the latter three women have left him and only Robin remains. Through all the drama, the audience has overwhelmingly sided with his exes, a reality Cody has learned to live with, even though it's not always easy. Love him or hate him, there's no denying he's the center of the action and Sister Wives has never been more relevant. You guys, it's getting its highest ratings in a decade. Oh my gosh. It's so good. Okay. The next one is my favorite, favorite AI, AI reality star out there. Gary from The Bachelorette. He is the inspiration. He is listed as, um, you know, of course, he's the first ever senior bachelor and he's 72 years old and he's finding it that it's surprisingly easy to look at someone and tell them that you love them. Um, and he says that we that we could be excited we should be excited about the good conclusions that viewers will expect by the end of the year so i think that gary turner does get engaged i'm very excited about you know that the first ai bachelor wedding um the next one is captain jason chambers and he is known as the guardian you guys the cap Captain Jason is such a cutie. Remember him and Aisha on um, on Below Deck Down Under? That was an amazing season. That was the season where we saw all kinds of crazy shit going down, where they did have to break the fourth wall, where producers did have to enter because of Luke getting way too drunk and jumping into her, um, uh, the, the girl's bed. I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but basically he was, he swiftly came in to remove him and another co-star, Laura, who defended the behavior. Um, he's also so cute and he's a single guy who has a kid. I mean, he's just like someone get Jason on the bachelor, right? All right. The next one is Sari Fields and they call her the mastermind. So you guys may know Sari because she was on Survivor, which I don't watch, but she was on Survivor and won Survivor. And then she was on Traders season one and also won, um, she won Traders, I'm pretty sure. And then now, of course, she's on Bachelor, uh, she's on Big Brother. And she is really, really, Oh, no, she never won the game. She's known to many Survivor fans as the best player to never win the game. She's really, really good on that show, on Big Brother, on all these shows. She knows very well how to play the part of, like, finding a way through and connecting with the right people. We'll have to see where she goes. But right now, she's still up for um, Big Brother. So we'll have to see what happens over there. And then the final is the success story, which is a twosome. It's Brett and Tiffany Brown. And they are two of the loves that were made on Love is Blind. And it looks to me like, you know, they're still happy. They're still good. And they're a cute couple, you guys, Brett and Tiffany. And they were called, yes, the success story. So do you guys agree with this? Who would you add to this, this list? I'll, I'll tell you who I would add. Of course, Craig. Craig Conover. No, I really wouldn't because I don't think he actually deserves it. Maybe a Lindsay Hubbard. Maybe um, who else could we add to the list of breakout reality stars or top 10 reality stars? Remember, of 2023, it has to be this season. Mary? Um, Shannon Bedore? <laughs> I'd be interested to know who you guys need to... Uh, 
who you guys would want to add to the list and who you think should go away from the list. But anyway, I thought it was kind of a fun list. I always like to have Cody on any list, on any list, because we hate Cody and we can't stand Cody. But at the same time, please never leave our side, Cody. Like, never leave Sister Wives. I want 28 seasons of Sister Wives. I want Sister Wives to be the show that keeps on giving. I want to know if all of you guys believe that Robin should bring on a second wife so that she's not stuck alone with Cody or does she deserve to be stuck alone with Cody after the egregious behavior? Um, We'll have to see. All right, you guys, thank you so much for being here for another day of Daily Dose of Donna. I do appreciate all the love that I'm getting and seeing. Thank you for everything. And let's chat tomorrow to wrap up this week. Happy Thursday. Bye, you guys.